The book of Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. The book of Acts, chapter 28, verse 1 through 6. The book of Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. The book of Acts, chapter 28, verse 1 through 6. Thank you, Jesus. It's our custom to stand for the reading of the word. Unless you're physically incapacitated or carrying a baby, we would ask you to stand to your feet. If you're incapacitated, we understand your city, and we know that it's not disrespect. We're glad you're here. Again, the book of Psalms, chapter number 1, verse number 1 through 6, and the book of Acts, chapter number 28, verse number 1 through 6. A little bit more on the mic, please. Thank you. That's good right there. Again, the book of Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. The book of Acts, chapter 28, verse number 1 through 6. When you have found it, say, Amen. Right. In the book of Psalms, you will find this witness. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the ungodly shall perish. Mm. Glory to God. The whole text is wonderful, but I want you to notice the very first verse. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And sometimes this verse gets ignored because of, of the, the wonderful uh, text that follows after it, where it talks about he should be like a tree planted by the river's waters, bringing forth fruit in his seeds, and his leaves shall not wither, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But think of this, blessed is the man, if you want to be blessed, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And then in verse 4 it says, the ungodly are not so, they don't prosper like the blessed man who's like the tree. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. And I want you to understand that in the Bible, when they, they, when they process wheat, when they harvested wheat, one of the ways that they would do it was to take the wheat that had been cut down and once it had dried, they would just take the dried wheat and throw it in the air and let the wind blow through it. And everything that was chaff, and the chaff is a part of the wheat that cannot be used for bread. The stalky parts, the branches, the leafy parts cannot be used for bread. That's chaff. It was necessary for growth, but it is not fruitful. So when you throw it to the wind, the wind, because the chaff is light, will blow the chaff away. But the wheat, the fruit, the substance, because it's got weight to it, it falls to the ground. When the Bible says the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away, God says when the wind comes through you, you can tell what you are by how you react to the wind. If the wind blows you away, then you're chaff. But if the wind disrupts you, but it doesn't dislocate you. If you can go through a windstorm and still fall back in your place and say, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. That means you're weak. 
the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth. Oh, that's good right there. The Lord knoweth the ways of the righteous. The, what you should get out of that, there's nothing you're going through that God doesn't know about. Even if he's got you going on a back road through an alley right now, he says, I still know where you're at. The Lord knoweth the ways of the righteous. That's what Job meant when he said, the Lord knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth. You're never lost to God. God always knows where you are. The Lord knoweth the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the ungodly. That's why you can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The way of the ungodly shall perish. You understand? Look at Acts 28. Let's go deeper. Acts 28, verse number 1 through 6. This is not the kind of church you come to when you are sleepy. Amen. <laughs> this is not the sleepy church, nor the first church of the frigid air. This is the church of the blood washed, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, Bible believing, child of God. We're not right wing, we're not left wing, we're both wings. We're for the whole bird. We're going to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. We can't be bought, we can't be moved, we can't be intimidated, we can't be run off. Am I saying it right? Look at the book of Acts chapter 28 verse number one, when you have it say amen. Immediately after Paul has gone through a storm, we find him now at Melita. And when they were escaped, when they knew that the island was called Melita, and the barbarous, barbarous people showed us no little kindness. These barbarians were nice to Paul after that he landed on Melita. For they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. We were wet, we were cold, and we were tired, but they were nice to us. They were barbarians. They were not godly people, but they were nice people. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened onto his hand and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand they said amongst themselves no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he hath escaped the sea yet vengeance suffereth him not to live and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen dead suddenly but after that they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him they changed their minds and said he was a god. <laughs> mm. Verse 3, And when Paul had gathered together a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened to his hand. Verse 4, When the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang onto his hand, they said, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered him not to live. And he shook it off. My subject is, you don't have to take this. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what has bitten you. I don't know what has attached itself to you. I don't know what has fastened itself to you. I don't know what venom is threatening your success and your future. But whatever it is, the Lord sent me here to tell you. 
you don't have to take this. I don't know what you had to take before. I don't know what you had to put up with. I don't know what battles he brought you over. And some things you do have to take. But the Lord said, you don't have to take this. Turn and find a believer and shake them by the hand, look them in the eye and say, did you hear what God said? You don't have to take this. Yeah, you don't have to take this, baby. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us while we preach the word of God. Let it be relevant and revelatory. Let it be life-changing. I pray that the word of God will be made flesh in the lives of the people that hear it. Bind every devil and every foul spirit that would hinder the word from prevailing in this house today. I thank you, great God that you are. You ride on the waves of the sea. You can do anything but fail. Have your way in this house today. And I thank you in advance for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. It is important that we understand the magnitude, the gross wealth of what is being deposited in us in the first chapter of Psalms, verse 1. When we are given spe specific teaching about being blessed, specific relevant teaching about being blessed, and coming right out of the gate, the first thing the writer tells us is, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. To understand that if you're really going to be blessed and maintain your blessing, you have to be careful who you listen to. <laughs> blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Not, not, not walking in the wisdom of the world. Nor, standeth in the, in, 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 nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Nor standeth in the place with sinners. He gives some criteria as what it takes to maintain your blessing. He says to us that it is important. He goes on to tell us how to meditate. That we should meditate in the word of God day and night. Because you got to keep bathing your mind. Bathing your mind. Meditating in the word of God. To counteract all the other things that you've heard that have been spoken over your life. The word of God cancels it out. When all is said and done, God's word will prevail over my life. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall stand forever. When my feelings have had their say, and my emotions have calmed down, and all of my enemies have spoken, and all of my critics have said what they wanted to say, it is what God says that will matter in the final analysis. So if I am to counteract the assailing effects and the attacks of the adversary that bombard me both externally and internally, I must bathe my mind with the word of God. In his law does he meditate day and night with the word of God. In his law does he meditate day and night. And if you do that, the Bible says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. So the waters must be the word because I just got through meditating on the word day and night. And it says, if I do that, I shall be like a tree who is planted by the rivers of waters, bringing forth fruit in his season. It's only a matter of time. That's why I'm not frantic when I see other people having their season, because it's only a matter of time until I have my season. I will have my season, and you can't do anything about it. I will have my season. I may be a late bloomer, but I will bloom. I say, I may be a late bloomer, but I will bloom. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. 
I don't want to digress and re-preach what I preached last week, but I could all over again because reaping it requires you doing something. You can't go home and wait to reap your seed. You got to go out there reaping is working. But you're working knowing you got a right to expect something to happen because you sowed something. Away with the church who sowed seed and said, we had a pastor say, I'm going to reap. you sitting in the living room on the couch eating potato chips, waiting on your harvest to come in. I've never seen corn leap in anybody's living room. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. Don't tell me how to prosper if you're not prospering yourself. How can you teach me something that's not working for you? The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. I know you're ungodly by how you react to the storm. When the storm blows you out, it means you were too lightweight for the level you're living on. But if you can go through a storm and be disrupted and still not be dislocated, You got to be able to go through a storm, my brothers and sisters, and be disrupted. I will admit the storm will shake you up, but it shouldn't dislocate you. If you're really a child of God, when everything is over, you just fall back into place. Sometimes you don't even want to fall back in place, but you just, you just find yourself right back. And there you are saying, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. The ungodly are not so, but I like the chaff with the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the ways of the righteous. He knoweth the ways, not just the acts, he knoweth the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the ungodly shall perish. Somebody say amen. amen. And storms do come. And they will come and the wind will blow and the lightning will flash and the thunder will rage and sometimes you'll wonder if you're going to be able to stand storms will arise so fiercely and so tenaciously against you that sometimes you think everything you have is going to be broken by the storm it was just that kind of storm that paul had faced as he had cautioned the the, the shipmaster not to set sail but to stay at crete but because the man went on anyway he went on out and ran into a storm and even though the boat was undergirded with helps and ropes to bear up the weight of the ship, still the storm became so adverse that finally the ship began to break and crumble. Where are you, Bishop? I'm in Acts 27, setting up the groundwork for Acts 28. Stay with me. I'm moving. <laughs> if you're still in Psalms, you're too slow. Think faster. Even Acts 27 now, the storm is beating against the ship. The ship is reeking and creaking and popping and fizzing and little by little nails begin to dislocate. Pitch begins to come out from in between the boards. The planks begin to fall apart and the ship is tattered and torn. But Paul said, do not fear. The ship won't make it, but you will. Sometime the thing you were counting on will break down on you. But just because the thing you were counting on breaks down, it doesn't mean that you ought to break down. And so the Bible said, without a sail, without a stern, and without a rudder, that the people who were left alive were left snatching at pieces of the boat. The boat was gone, but the pieces were still strong enough to get you back home. Isn't it funny how stuff can fall apart and God can bring you through on broken pieces? Is there anybody here who made it on broken pieces? <laughs> 
on a, on a little pizza job, <laughs> made it with a little pizza relationship, made it on a little pizza car, had a little piece of faith, but it was just enough for you to hold on to and make it through the storm. Take of these broken little pieces of boat and people with a death grip holding on to it. No navigational system, no stern, no rudder, no sail, and yet God piloted them through the storm and they made it safely through. It was this kind of storm that the apostle had confronted when he finds himself shipwrecked on Militar. The, the, the board has sailed in, the currents have pushed him to an island and there he is surrounded by barbarians out of breath and tired and weary, gasping for strength. He's almost faint and it's raining to beat the, all that he'd faced, the rain has come at the end of the storm if it ain't one thing it's another and there he survives the storm and now he's standing in the rain and not only is it rainy but it's also very cold and so he's cold and wet and he's exhausted and he comes to a place where he thinks everything ought to be over he had to go through the storm he had no choice he had to deal with the storm sometimes life hands you something you just got to deal with it stuff you don't even think you can take you just got to take it you ain't got no choice but to take it you think you're going to collapse but you got to take it you feel like you're going to have a nervous breakdown but you got to take it you thought you couldn't live in this world without the person but they died in a car wreck and you ain't got no choice but to go on your heart is broken you're making it every day on broken pieces but you got to think it. The storm came in, took everything you had, and your heart broken. All your pictures were burned up in the fire. Everything destroyed. You came out with nothing. Just you and your kids and you're living in a shelter with nowhere to go and you thought you couldn't take it, but you got to take it because stuff does break up and it does fall apart and it does become discombobulated and still you must survive. Oh, Paul was a survivor. If you are a survivor, touch your neighbor and say, I am a survivor. Some of the stuff I was in didn't make it. <laughs> Some of the jobs I had didn't make it. Some of the friends I had didn't make it. Some of the companies I started didn't make it. Some of the cars I had didn't make it. But look at me. I'm still here. I may be wet, but I'm still here. I may be broke, but I'm still here. I may cry myself to sleep, but check it out. I'm still here. I am a survivor. Been through hell, but I'm still here. Been through high water, high, baby, I'm still here. Tell the devil I ain't dead. Tell that devil I ain't dead. Woo! My God, I feel like preaching up an earthquake. I dare you to get with me this morning. I feel something down in my soul. through the storm and the rain. And somehow it takes so much out of you to make it that sometimes making it doesn't feel as good as you thought it was going to feel. <laughs> because it costs you so much to survive. That by the time you finally get to the place that you're trying to go, you don't have the exuberating, titillating, sensational feeling that you anticipated having because you're all spent and burnt out and weary. And sometimes it takes a little while for you to appreciate where you are. Sometimes it takes a couple of years before you look back and say, check that out. Because it, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Because you went through so much getting there that it doesn't feel like you think it ought to feel. That's why you need some people around you sometimes who can celebrate you and help you recognize, hey, do you know you're here? Do you know you made it? Do you, do you, have you recognized you ain't dead? The ship didn't make it? 
The runners didn't make it, the pitchers didn't make it, your friends didn't make it, your co-workers didn't make it. Hey, but have you noticed you're still here? You ought to throw yourself a party. <laughs> you ought to throw yourself. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. You ought to throw yourself a party. You ought to get the cake and the candles and the hat and the horn and blow the horn for yourself and throw yourself a three-day all-out rolling. I made it over party. 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 Before the full benefit nor the consciousness of his success could really permeate his spirit, he founds himself with a fresh thread on his life. He has survived the tumultuous winds, the adversity, the billowing waves, the storms that threatened to kill him. Every time he felt a wave hit his body, he knew that he could have gone down. The only thing that caused him to survive was there was a prophecy over his life that it will not harm you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the fire, I'll be there. Sometimes the only thing you have to hold on to is what God spoke in your life. God just said you're going to make it. You don't know when you're going to make it. You don't know how long you're going to be out here. You don't know how you're going to make it. You may be sick when you made it. You may be broke when you made it. But you keep telling yourself, God said I'm going to make it. God said I'm going to make it. God said I'm going to make it. You got to learn how to preach a little bit to yourself. Oh yeah, you do, baby God. You got to be able to preach a little bit. You got to be able to bootleg a little bit. You got to be able to tell yourself, self, you're going to make it through this. Self, you're going to make it. Self. There he was. He come through the storm. I'm a preacher. Y'all let me know when I get to preaching. Now, now, he had come through the storm. <laughs> he had made it through the storm. He's laying on the beach like an old dead whale. He's laying on the beach like an old dead whale. He's just there. It's raining down on him. It's cold and wet. He looks out from the beach lines of Melita and he sees barbarians gathering from everywhere and they're looking at him. All of a sudden they begin to gather up wood and to build a fire for him. And notice, there's a small thing that Paul does, but it lets you know what kind of man he is. When he saw them building him a fire, he got up and started gathering sticks. Strong constitution, strong survival instinct. Anybody else would have played out their affliction and just laid there and laid on the mercy of the people. But Paul was so strong that even though he was weak and weary and half delirious, when he saw somebody trying to help him, he said, if you're going to help me, I'm going to help you help me. I am tired of building fire for people who won't gather sticks. I'm tired of building fire for people who won't gather sticks. If you really got a strong survival instinct and you see some help coming, you see somebody trying to help you, you need to help them help you. Oh yeah, if you're going to help me, I'm going to help you carry me. I'm going to help. I might not can walk, but I can push. And if you drag the top half, I'm going to drag the bottom half. You got to have a strong. Paul was so tough that even then, he said, I'm going to, let me, let me, let me see, let me see, let me get some sticks. I'm going to help you, help me. 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 I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. 
And if you give me a half a chance, I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to help you. Help me. Who am I preaching to? I feel like I'm... And then the Bible says that, that when he began to gather sticks, as he began to gather sticks, he was gathering sticks. And when he brought the sticks over to the fire, he brought them over to the fire. Notice the timing when he brought the sticks over to the fire. And in and, 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 and one translation, it says, because of the heat, the snake came out to bite him. See, let me tell you something. You don't know what you got in your hands until you're getting close to the fire. Everything that looks like a stick ain't a stick. And everything that you pick up along the way does not attach itself to you to help you. Some things attach themselves to you for the intent of killing you. Oh, I'm, I'm talking to somebody. And, and, and look, 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 look at this. Look at this. The heat brought it out. That's why you got to have a good prayer life and you got to have a good praise life. And you, whenever you're not sure what you got in your hand, go into a deep consecration. Begin to go in the presence of the Lord and praise God because the fire will make the snake come out. Hey, you didn't hear what I said. The fire will make the snake come out. That old snake will come out in the fire. Long as it's cold, baby, the snake can hide. That's why the devil wants your faith to be cold and your joy to be cold and your peace to be cold because as long as it's cold, your snakes can hide. But when you get hot in the spirit of God and the fire begins to fall, the snake gonna have to come out because he can't take the fire. Slap somebody and say, put some fire on it. You're trying to figure out who's your friend and who's your enemy? Put some fire on it. You're trying to figure out who you got working in your company? Put some fire on it. You're trying to figure out whether this is a good business deal or not? Put some fire on it. The fire will out. If it's a snake, it will repel from the fire. It's a cold-blooded animal, and it will repel from the fire. And so when they put the fire to it, the snake came out, and the snake bit him. And the Bible says that the snake fastened itself to his hand. And there he's standing there. If it ain't one thing, it's another. Then survived the, the, the temptation, the possibility, and the potential of drowning. He survived all of that and came through all of that, and now he's about to die of something else. Have you ever been praying about this and got hit with that the, the thing that you thought was going to kill you didn't kill you but the thing that you never saw coming has blindsided you and now it's almost uh, I wish I had some real people now Paul said I was praying about the storm I didn't pray about no snake And here comes the very thing that I wasn't looking for, and it has attached itself to his hand, fastened to him. Now, this is an angry snake. This is an evil snake. It's not like the snake saw the fire and leaped out of his hand. He could have leaped out of his hand, but it's a snake that bit him, and it bit him so hard it had attached itself to him. Mm, that's a death grip. 
And when they saw the snake biting, all of the people of Melita stood back and they gasped. And they said to themselves, and here's, here's to the issue. They said to themselves, maybe this man was a murderer. And, 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 and it says in your King James Bible that vengeance, but a better translation is justice, is being done. And that he survived the flood. Maybe he was supposed to die and maybe justice has come to kill him. And if you study it out, you'll come to find out that justice was a god that the people in Melita worshipped. They thought that whatever happened to you, it was just supposed to happen. You were just getting your just rewards. And so if you died, they didn't try to save you because they figured it was justice just settling the record. And they said, after all, maybe this guy is a murderer and he should have died on the ship. And maybe justice is just getting him now. Now this is the problem. Here's the problem. Paul was a murderer. It's easy to fight off what somebody says about you when it's not true. But what do you do when they're using something that's true? You're already tired, you're already weak, you're already out of breath, you're already at your wit's end, and here comes some devil saying maybe you're just getting what you should have got anyway. After all, you're probably a murderer. And they done messed up and hit something that you did. It's all right if you accuse me of something that I never did. But what do I do when you bring up something that I'm struggling with anyway? You had forgotten that Paul was a murderer. Yes, he was a murderer. He was a Christian killer. He held the coats of the men who stoned Stephen to death. He built his career and come into power murdering Christians. But now he's saved. And he's trying to go on with his life. And he's trying to do a work for God. And now he's been bitten by a snake and there's somebody over in the corner saying, maybe you're just getting what you should have gotten anyway. Maybe you are a murderer. And what they accused him of, he did it. He did do it. And whenever you've done something in your past, there's a haunting over your head that maybe you're going to reap back that thing in your life. Now, I'm getting ready to drive a wedge down through some of your theology because I've heard some, some great Bible teachers teach that, that Paul went through tumult, a tumultuous career in his ministry because he had been a Christian killer and that he sowed those seeds and he had to reap those seeds. And that's why he, had, he was stoned and he was beaten with 39 stripes. And that's why he was abused at Lystra. And that's why he had so many misfortunes and that he was reaping things that he sowed. And it sounded good and people shouted, but I didn't. I didn't shout because I don't believe it. I don't believe it because I don't believe that I can show something in my sinful life. Oh, y'all ain't gonna help me. And then get saved and have to reap it 
in my saved life. Because if that is the case, I want to ask you, saved from what? My understanding of salvation is that he bore my griefs and carried my sorrows and that the chastisement of my peace was upon him and with his stripes I am healed. My understanding of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord is that he was crucified for my sins that whatever I sowed in my past life when it came to reaping time he reaped it for me my understanding of the word of God is that he that is dead is freed from sin and sin have no more dominion on him my understanding of the word of God is there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk no longer after the flesh or after the spirit so death I don't care what I did back then. I just don't believe because a woman had an affair when she was in sin and she had an affair with a married man and then she got saved and she got married. I don't believe that she has to spend her married life in fear of her past coming back to haunt her fear of her past coming back to haunt her and she's got to reap something because of something she did. The woman who committed that sin is dead. Buried with him by baptism. Rising, walking in the newness of life. The book said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All old things are passed away and all things become new. The problem is, it is possible to be new and not feel new. And the moment they bring up something that's a sensitive area in your life, you have to struggle with, maybe I did bring this on myself. Can I go deeper? Here's a problem. Because we have been taught to think that life makes sense Whenever something happens, we look for reasons. The first thing people do, I've been in hospitals, I've been to visit people in, who've been in car wrecks, and I've been seeing people decapitated, I've seen babies born mongoloid, I've seen all sorts of terrible things happen to people, and, and all kinds of crises. And the first thing they want to know when you go in the room is why? Why did this happen to me? Why did my 15-year-old daughter lose her life in the prime of her life? How could my son, I raised in church, end up in a penal institution for the rest of his life? How could my marriage go bad? We were both Christians. We prayed together. We took communion. We had a thought coming. How in the world could we end up in divorce court? And they always want to know, what did I too wrong because people always think in the back of their mind because we are prone to be guilty we are always accusing ourselves maybe I did something to bring it on myself but the truth of the matter is sometimes things just happen no reason no rhyme no logic no understanding the Bible said that the rain falls on the just and the unjust people go through trouble saved people and ungodly people right people and wrong people they go through trouble if you were in the World Trade Centers on September 11 you had a bad day whether you were saved or not saved Muslim or Christian Jewish or sanctified black or white agnostic it makes no difference when you were in that World Trade Center, you had trouble. The bombs hit everybody. Many people died. Many good people died. You can't sit up and figure out 
how come I made it? Or how come he didn't make it? There were some saved people who escaped. There were some saved people who burned up. Stuff just happens. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. And until you know that, until you know that, you'll be tormented by the words of someone who says they know why you went through what you went through. Watch out for people with too many answers. I've noticed that fools are professional at explaining your pain. They know why you went through everything, but they can't figure out why they went through anything. They can always look at you and say, well, you know what, if she hadn't have done that, I knew that girl was going to end up like that. I knew that by how they raised her. But when their daughter fool around and get pregnant, they ain't got nothing to say. They just stand there with their mouth hanging open. They'll look at you and say, I knew that boy wasn't going to be no good. They raised him to be trifling. People always know why you're in trouble, but they don't know why they're in trouble. They ought to just shut See, the enemy will always let you hear what they said because he needs a way to get the venom of their words in your head so you will doubt yourself. Like Job, Job had friends who came to him and they all knew why Job was sick. All of them was wrong, but they all had an opinion. This is why it happened to you, Job. This is why you went through this. Job's friend thought they knew. And have you ever noticed seven sons, all of them dead. Three daughters, all of them dead. 500 camels, all of them dead. But there was always somebody left to come tell him what happened. The, I don't care who's talking about you. There'll always be somebody who escapes to bring you what they said. There will, I mean, it can be two people in a locked room in the middle of the night whispering about you and somebody will still come back and tell you, let me tell you what they said about you. The reason there will always be a witness is that the enemy needs their words to be planted in your head because their words are their poison and your believing it allows the venom to get in your spirit and it will stop you from having the power you need to fight the good fight of faith. Everybody sitting here got somebody talking about it, trying to kill him, trying to tear him down, and you always know about it, and you generally know who it is because the devil wants you to know it, so you'll sit up and think about it. But touch me, people say, but don't worry, you don't have to take this. You don't, you don't have to take this. You don't have to take this. And Paul is standing there and the, and, the, and, the, and the snake has fastened himself to him and they're talking about him. And, and Paul has to deal with the fact that they said he was a murderer. But see, that's where they messed up. They said he was what he did. He did what they said, but he wasn't what he did. <laughs> he did what they said, but he wasn't what they said he did. He had committed murder, but he was no longer a murderer. But the problem is your enemies will always define you by your acts. 
for they know your acts but they don't know your ways the Bible said Israel knew God's acts but, they did, but Moses knew his ways your enemies know your acts and they will always define you by what you did they will always define you by what you did check this out this is profound they will always define you by what you did your enemies will always define you by what you did. 20 years down the road, they'll still be talking about what you did. The child you had out of wedlock is grown, gone to college, gotten married, and had a baby, and they're still talking about it. They will always define you by what you did. But you need to understand that you are not defined by what you did, that what you did doesn't determine who you are. You may have done it, but not been it. If any man be in Christ, he is... Are you checking this out? They called him a murderer. And he has this problem to confront. Here is the problem. Is he going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly? Thought I was lost, didn't you? <laughs> Not yet. Is he going to walk? Is he going to walk in the words of his enemies? Notice it said, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. There's a difference between ungodly and unholy. You can be ungodly and not be unholy. You can be a Christian and have, still have ungodly advice. Ungodly advice is anytime you're speaking something about me that's different from what God is speaking about me. Ungodly counsel is anything that's trying to take me somewhere that's not like what, that is not like what God has for me. Anytime you try to get me to settle for less than what God has for me, you are the counsel of the ungodly. You could be related to me and still be the counsel of the ungodly. Anytime you keep bringing up my past and telling me I got what I had coming, you are the counsel of the ungodly because Jesus died so I wouldn't get what I had coming. So don't tell me I had it coming because 2,000 years ago, he took away what I had coming and don't bring it up no my god i gotta stop and praise him for when i think of the goodness of jesus and all that is done for me my soul cries out hallelujah thank you lord not for the car not for the house not for the shoes thank you for saving me if you don't do anything else thank you for saving me born again washed in the blood of the lamb my God, I feel like preaching up in this house. Hallelujah. Touch three people tell them something's going to happen in here this morning. Yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. Now listen, my brothers and sisters. You've got to understand here is the dilemma because here's your responsibility. You must understand the power of agreement. In order for the words of the enemy to be effective in your life, he needs you to agree with him. As long as you disagree with what he says about you, you can overcome anything. The enemy can tell you your life is over always disagree when he tells you ain't nobody gonna ever love you always disagree when he tells you you're stupid and you're ignorant and you can't learn always disagree he's just offering you different kind of venoms trying to get you to take it in your system because if you walk in the counsel of the ungodly his venom will get in your spirit and you won't be able to shake off the enemy in your life but when you stand up and say devil i don't believe it you know something you know you got to talk back to the devil if you're gonna make it you got to speak up 
and say, I don't believe that my life is over. I don't believe that we won't get the house back. I don't believe that nobody will ever love me. I don't believe that God can't use me. I don't believe that I've come to the end of my life. I don't believe that I'm going to die here. I may die somewhere. I may die of something, but I will not die over this. I don't have to take Touch somebody and tell them you don't have to take it. Um, tell somebody you don't have to take it. Because if you don't tell us that we don't have to take it, we'll lay down and die just to live up to the promises that have been spoken over your life. Because there are people who are expecting you to die. They're looking for you to die. And if you believe what they've spoken over you, you'll die just to please them. But you've got to learn how to disagree with your enemies and say, I will not die here. I refuse to die. Oh, Lord. Your husband walked out and left you. Got him another woman. Told you you couldn't make it without him. Drive by his house and blow and tell him I disagree. I will survive. I will make it. You said I couldn't make it without you, but I Hold on. I disagree. Touch somebody and tell them I disagree. Somebody said you weren't qualified for the position and they hired somebody else and they said you'd never get the position but God has sent another company and hire you to a better position as long as you tell the devil I disagree. Oh, look at your neighbor and say you ain't got to take this. You're a fool if you take it. You're crazy if you take it. Don't lay down and die to satisfy your enemy. But tell yourself, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Tell somebody, say, I ain't going to die. Not for you or nobody else. I've been through too much. I cried too long. I refuse to die. Having done all to stand, oh, I'm gonna stand with my loins girt about with truth. Slap somebody and say, Stand! Stand anyway. Look at this. Ooh, I feel something in here. Tell three people, tell them, I disagree, I disagree. I disagree with every curse over my life. I disagree with every enemy in my life. I disagree with every critic in my life. I disagree with every cancer in my body. I disagree with diabetes in my bloodstream. I disagree with poverty in my house. I disagree with failure over my life. I disagree with my physical condition. I disagree with my emotional disorder. I disagree with the crisis in my house start clapping your hands and praising God oh 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 hallelujah look at your neighbor and say you don't have to take this Oh, my God.
this. When Paul resisted the temptation to allow the counsel of the ungodly to work in his life, he activated his blessing. Mm. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but it's time for you to activate your blessing. You've been through hell and how are but it's time to activate your blessing. Touch somebody and say activate your blessing. Let God be true and every man a liar. Activate your blessing. Somebody better get me out of here because I feel like preaching. And if I go to preaching now, something's going to happen in this place. Slap somebody and say activate your blessing. You're too blessed to let the devil drive you crazy. You're too blessed to let the enemy have your peace. You're too blessed to let life defeat you. You're too blessed to lay down and die. The devil is a liar. Fight back. Fight. 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 Fight like hell. Fight like a wild animal. Fight like a savage dog. Fight like a Take this depression. I'm going to shake this. 
this fear. I'm going to shake this trauma. Touch your neighbor and tell him I'm going to shake this. I'm going to shake this. I'm going to shake it. If it takes all night, I'm going to shake it. I'm going to shake it. Come hell or how water. I'm going to shake this. I'm too worried about it. I'm going to shake it. I'm going to shake it out of my mind. I'm going to shake it out of my spirit. Slap somebody and say, shake it. Sing it off. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. You don't have to take this. Sing it. Sing it out of your house. Get out of my house. Get out of my job. Get out of my finances. Get out of my they watched a long time. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you have a watch? Mm -hmm. Say, if you got a watch, watch this. Watch me survive. Watch me get over this. Watch me come out of this. Watch me not accept this. Watch me arise. Watch me overcome. Watch me keep moving. And feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I wish I had a hundred overcomers that would give God the praise. somebody tell them watch me come out of this watch me come out it may take a little time watch me come out of this I'm not gonna die you waiting on me to swell I ain't gonna swell I ain't gonna give up I ain't gonna break Before I move on, I want 300 people who have made up in your mind that you're not going to take this. Jump out in the eye and start praising God for victory right now. Give your God some glory and give your God. 